Hello and welcome to the Virtual Cafe. I'm your host, Shagilala Salami. And who have I got today? You've got me, Alan. Alan Collins, lawyer in London. Oh, hi, Alan. How are you today? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. And I can really do with a decent cup of coffee. Yes, it's... it's... Sorry? Hello? Yeah, sorry, the line was cracking up there. What did you say you would like? Hello? I, yes, hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, sorry, say that again, please. Cup of coffee. I'm desperate for a decent cup of coffee. <laughs> right, if I remember, if I remember, you wanted black, no milk, no sugar. Exactly. Oh, I feel so. I've got a regular now, so I, I do know what you like. Black, okay. What would you like for your coffee? Right, um, coffee, I think I could do with, mm, I think actually, some ice cream. Um, yeah, nice vanilla ice cream. Do with coffee? Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, I do have, I do have those ice blocks for the little humans, so I guess we could get you one. So it's a nice chocolate. No, I don't want one of those. No, thank you. No. <laughs> well, someone's very fussy. Okay. <laughs> so what's fussy? Okay, what ice cream would you like then? Vanilla. Vanilla. So would you like one of those? Um, <coughs> Uh, well, like a like a Maltesers flavored. Oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, exactly. Okay, perfect. Right. So the the little human is having a time out at the moment. So I'll I'll wait. I'll give her five minutes and let's see if she's going to come around and then we'll place your order. I hope you're not in a hurry. I am in a hurry, so tell her to get a move on. <laughs> <laughs> Felicia Denise from Tucson, Arizona. I'm the author of Hi, How You Doing? I'm the I'm author good. of In the Best Interest of the Child, which was released in September, that deals with an attorney who was traumatized with child abuse and foster care that now is a child advocate attorney trying to help children who went through the same thing that she did. And for the next five days, my book is free. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Um, and is that just on Amazon or where is it free on? It is actually on instafreebie.com. And if you go to my website, feliciadenise.com, there is a link. Okay, cool. Uh, right, so what would you like to have today? A dark roast. What? A dark roast coffee. See, I'm not a coffee drinker, right? Sorry, Alan, right? I find that these American guests, when they come, they're just really bougie, and they just have all these funny things that I don't know. I am not bougie. <laughs> I like a nice, dark, strong coffee. Yeah. I don't want a, I don't, I, I don't want a latte or a cappuccino or any of that stuff. I want a nice, dark, strong coffee. Right, okay. Right, so no milk, no sugar. Two sugars. Two sugars, no milk. Okay, 
Perfect, right. And what would you like to have with your dark, strong coffee? I'm, I'm having another bear claw, okay? <laughs> right? That's, that's worth the donuts, right? What a coffee would you yes. say, donuts? <laughs> okay, so do you want the hole-in-the-middle donut or the jam-in-the-middle donut? What kind of donut do you want? No, it's fried and then it has glaze all over it. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll ask the little human to see what she can what she can do with that. Okay. Thank you very much. I, I've written your order down. I will whilst the whilst everyone's I get everyone's order. I will go and see the little human if she's having she's had enough of timeouts. Then we can, we can, we can, we can get your orders together. <laughs> you know, every time you know you need to put them on timeouts sometimes. You know, so you don't end up banging your head against the wall. Exactly. Right, okay, right. So who's next, please? Oh, hi, I think um, this is Winona of the End I Thought Ladies. I'm one of the co-founders and co-hosts of the End I Thought television, radio, and podcast, as well as the end, uh, co-authors of the End I Thought series. Co-founder of the End I Thought. Hello, Winona. Yes, hi. Hi. Can you hear me? I think so. Awesome. <laughs> So I guess I'll just make an introduction and tell you what I want. Okay. Yes, please. All right. Hi, I'm Wilnona of the End I Thought Ladies, the co-founder and co-host of the End I Thought podcast, television show, and radio show, co-founder of the End I Thought Ladies speaking group, and we write a series of books, And I Thought Divorce Was Bad, and I Thought Being Grown Up Was Easy, and I Thought I Did My Journey Alone, and, and I Thought I Could Juggle It All. Today with me, we have Scarlett Black. Hi. Hello, Scarlett. How are you? I'm good as well. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. She is the founder of the Survivors Domestic Abuse Program that also helps children uh, who have survived domestic abuse as well. And then I also have with me on the other side, because you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you? We're good. Thanks. Good How morning. are you? Awesome. Hi. She speaks on generational abuse since like her grandmother was abused and the effects it had on the family. Um, I think if I'm gonna start ordering, I'll order a iced tea today, actually. And okay. Iced tea, because the sun was out all day in London, so I gotta order something festive and summer-like. Yes, yes, that sounds like a good plan. And with that iced tea, I think okay. I'll have a carrot cake with cheesecake, with cream cheese icing. <laughs> Sorry, say that again, please. I'll have a carrot cake with cream cheese icing. Cream cheese icing. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, sorry. It took, me a, it took me a second to process all of that. So carrot okay. cake and cream cheese ice cream and um, iced tea, right? Right. Scarlett, Perfect. Will, okay. Scarlett will have a latte mocha. <laughs> and, and here in London, I came across this luscious pastry with clotted milk in it oh i would have that well you mean cream teas no it's it was the brownie the what it was a, it was a pudding the pudding with the clotted milk in it oh, oh. Well, yes. we have that place. Yes. yeah that was good yes I have no idea what that is <laughs> Alan, do you I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good. But, so the only thing that came to mind was, you know, uh, with clotted um, cream, it was cream teas. And, uh, but they oh, said it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's really called the sticky pudding. 
sticky toffee pudding. Ah, sticky toffee pudding. With the it's, clotted cream. It sounds. It sounds very lush. Would someone lush. please tell the American what clotted milk is? Yes, it's just one of those things where you just have to try it for you yes, to really yes. appreciate it. And if you have cream teas, right? I think the first time in my life when I had cream teas, right? For lack of a better word, have it was just when you take that first bite and it feels like your eyeballs roll to the back of your head and you just like oh and especially when you have like um rhodes clotted cream cheese uh, cream uh i can't even you see oh my god you know what i'm just moving on moving on moving on i'll, I'll go yes i know what you want we see that thing when you talk about it so much and you just you just remember that taste you just lose, you lose, you lose it. You just lose your passport. You're like, oh my god, that's just too lush. That's just too lush. Yes. Okay. Right. Moving on. So, little humans, I will get her in a second to place your orders. Um, and we have, and you know, I'm sorry. And we have one more lady present here. We have oh yes. Yeah, sorry, I almost forgot. <laughs> okay, that's no problem. Oh my, order would be. Yes. Um, I would love to have a caramel frappuccino. Um, let's see, with um, either coffee cake, if, uh, if I could, which I love, or a blueberry muffin. <laughs> I think a blueberry muffin sounds good. Yes, yeah. we'll go for that. We'll go for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds simple enough, right? <laughs> okay, right, so I'll, I'll, I've written all your orders down, um, and I will go get the little human, we'll get her out of time, uh, out of time out, but actually today's episode is actually quite, it gives me, oh, I can't even speak properly, it's giving me a massive big head, because everyone here has been on the show at least once, which is absolutely great, um, uh, last week we were talking about, um, with Felicia and Alan, we were talking about, you know, how to identify a child who's been, um, abuse and you know um felicia was actually able to even relate it to the character in her book which i thought was absolutely absolutely amazing so today i wondered what do you guys think you know is so let's say we've identified a child who's you know who's been abused how do you then get justice how do you get you know to how do you get a child to then get to terms with what's happened um to him or her and i know that you know the the, the lawyer amongst us, or like the Americans like to say, the attorney amongst us, you know, he's he's quite short for time, so we'll let him go first um, and give us his legal um, opinion. Well, you've got lots of questions in your one question. A lot depends <laughs> on... Yeah. A lot is going to depend on child. You know, if, the, if it's a child who is still a child who's been abused, then their needs are going to be probably very different to an adult who's abused as a child. But either way, you've got to adopt an holistic approach and try and work out with that individual what it is that they want, because justice means different things to different people. Exactly. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and a lot is going to depend on that um, child's experiences, their personality, their background, and so on. But, of course, you know, um, the needs of a 10-year-old is going to be different to the needs of a 16-year-old. 
and the needs of an adult in abusing a child um, could be very, very different. But yeah, the common exactly. denominator is is you've got to adopt a holistic approach so that that child or adult has choice about what they want to do. So the abuse has come to light somehow mm -hmm. or other. Maybe there's been a disclosure yeah. or something <coughs> happened and you have got to work with that child, that person, to come up with an individual approach, an holistic one. Right, okay. And justice could mean going to police. It might mean um, talking to a lawyer about um, taking a civil claim against the abuser or those responsible for the abuser, a school or uh, an organisation that employed the abuser. So there's lots of different scenarios arrive at where that child stroke adult wants to go to. You've got to sit down with them and you've got to work out with them what is the right approach so that they can make an informed decision about where they want to go. Exactly. Yeah. But now, isn't that again, you know, from you know stuff that you hear on TV and what people say? Um, <clears throat> sometimes, isn't it always a case of um, no one's going to believe me? Um, you know, it's a case of my word against their word, sort of thing. Um, so, if you wanted to, let's say you wanted to explain a, a civil option, like you mentioned, um, how would that work? Right. Again, you've got some very important questions um, all in there. <laughs> so a common, a common situation that we find is that survivors, whether they be adults or children, have a real concern that if they speak out, that they are either not going to be believed or they're going to be ridiculed or yeah. they're going to be punished, that yeah. something equally unpleasant is going to happen to them, that they could end up in a worse place than they are in already. Um, and of course, you've often got misplaced guilt, feeling yeah. shame, embarrassment. Mm. Lots of powerful factors uh, at play. Yeah. So you've got you've got to remember all of that. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, when I have um, a survivor um, talking to me, I try and apply what I call an holistic approach, so that they can mm. work out where they want to go having, you know, got themselves into this position where they're actually talking to somebody. And yeah. I made the very first person that they've spoken about it. Sorry, so that again, please. I could be the first person that they have ever disclosed. Mm, mm, not mm. always, but quite often I'm the very first person that they've confided in. And so that places an enormous um, um, owner's sure mm. that I can equip that person with the tools and the skills and the ideas and the thoughts so that they can work out what they need to do next, whether it's go to the police and make a complaint been abused, or it might be accessing therapy, counselling, um, consulting a, a doctor, or it might be um, talking about bringing a civil claim and working through with them what that means and why it might be very important as to why they should bring a claim um, against either the abuser or whoever it is who's responsible for the abuser. So there's a lot there, but it all comes back to sitting down with that individual and talking to them, listening to them. And I mean listen, because yeah. it's very, it often, 
you know, you can listen, but not listen. Um, yeah. What I'm talking about is listening. Yeah. Hearing and listening. Um, so you can establish a place with that um, um, survivor so that you can enable them to get the maximum out of that, out of that process. Mm. Mm, mm, okay. So, okay. Yes, I see it. But you're also being quite diplomatic as well. <laughs> diplomatic? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I, I totally get listening because, again, it's very important. And a lot of times, even, even regular people, sometimes we feel like, you know, we're trying to say something to someone, but no one's actually listening to us. Yeah, um, yeah. So listening is definitely, I think, would be the most important thing. But let's say someone, you know, is listening to you talking now and they're like, OK, well, you know what? I, I like the way, you know, um, Alan is sound, um, you know, sounds. He sounds like someone who would actually listen um, to me. Um, but let's say, you know, you know, you're speaking to the person and you're trying to give them the different options, you know, available to them, you know, in respect to, um, you know, say either going to speak to police or going to speak to a doctor, um, you know, what sort of things, what sort of questions, you know, would you, in addition to listening, after you've listened, you know, gathered the facts, you know, what sort of things would you be um, listening? Would you be saying, oh, have you got any written time and date um, stamp? Because again, I guess from a legal point of view, you would want to be able to say, you know, make sure that it's not just a case of he says, she says, or he says, he says, you know, word one person's word against the other. Um, but very often, very often it is one person's word against another. And so I have to be thinking, well, if this person actually ended up in a courtroom, is it likely that a judge is going to say, yeah, I believe you, I believe these things happen. Yes. So, you know, as a as a lawyer, I'm having to, you know, as I, I'm listening, because I'm going to have to give this person some advice, and they may well want to know, well, if I go to court, what's going to happen? So yeah. I have to point out, you know, the strengths and weaknesses or the potential strengths and weaknesses in their case and what might happen if the case went to court and whether I thought faced with a reasonable chance of being believed, succeeding, or whether there were too many problems that would get in the way. Um, mm. So, you know, I have to give <clears throat> frank advice. Um, and sometimes I have to say to people, yeah, you know, you could end up in court and the judge may well think, yeah, it did happen, but um, can't be absolutely sure that whoever is being pursued um, in, in the court um, is actually responsible and the case may fail and cases mm. all, um, you know, can collapse and not succeed for all sorts of reasons and it's not necessarily because the court doesn't believe what the survivor is complaining about mm. so you know, my job as a lawyer um, is to explain to survivors what I think may or may not happen if a survivor takes a particular course of action for example by taking somebody um to court yeah okay so let's say for so, so as i said very often it is one person's word against mm. other because child abuse happens behind closed doors and very often there aren't witnesses yes um and the survivor may only be aware of what's happened to them may not be aware of other children or other people having been abused yeah so, you know, we have to work our way through all of that. And I have to sometimes talk to them about, you know, what 
what might happen if they go to the police and report, you know, their complaint of being abused to the police and what would happen thereafter. So that's why I'm saying you have to apply a holistic approach to all of this so that yeah. you can equip the survivor to work out for themselves what the options are and which option they want to, you know, take up. Fabulous, fabulous. Have we still got you for much longer or do you have to zoom yeah, up another, very soon? Another five minutes, another five minutes and then sadly I'm going to have to go. Okay, no, thank you. Well, five minutes, five minutes is good. We're not very demanding. We'll, we'll take our five minutes. Um, let me see now. Okay, so if um, a civil case um, is not an option, um, what other things would you recommend? Well, um, what a survivor should always do is get as much information as possible from people who know what they're talking about and who can explain to them what the options are. So a survivor obviously always has the option to go to the police and make a complaint. And that's obviously the police are going to be looking to see if crimes have been committed and if crimes have been committed, whether there's a reasonable chance that um, a prosecution can succeed, whether that's the right way to go. There is the option of pursuing a civil claim either against the abuser or against um, whoever is responsible for the abuser. That's quite, it's quite, that's quite different because when a survivor makes a complaint to the police and there's then a prosecution, the survivor is effectively a witness for the prosecution. It's not their case. Whereas if they bring their own case, a civil case against the abuser or those responsible for the abuser, for example, um, a church or a school or some other organisation, it's their case and the case is being brought by them Mm. whoever. That's a very important um, distinction. And victims, stroke survivors, often find that very empowering because for the first time in their lives, they may be the ones who are actually taking control of the situation. So instead of reacting to all the negative and terrible consequences of being abused as a child, the table mm. now turned because they are now the ones in the driving seat, not the abuser. So that's mm. very important consideration is very empowering and survivors who've been through the process often report that for the first time in their life they were in the driving seat and they feel empowered by it so that's you know for me from my perspective um, a very important consideration survivors um, often need um, support for um, you know therapy or some other form of treatment and there is now you know um, treatment that's available to deal with the psychological consequences of, of abuse that are very, very successful. Um, EMDR um, and cognitive behaviour therapies um, have a very good success rate. Um, they can't turn the clock back, obviously, so they, that these forms of treatment can make um, life a lot more bearable for survivors. Very yeah. That is also very important. And sometimes survivors have to bring civil claims for compensation in order to get the funds in order to pay for the treatment, because the treatment mm. can, be, can be expensive and therefore difficult to access because lots of people can't afford you know, um, these sorts of treatments. So bringing a civil claim um, is empowering in another sense because it enables the survivor to have the funds 
in order to um, access treatment. Sometimes mm. um, survivors cannot bring civil claims, and that can be all sorts of different reasons, and so sometimes they have to fall back on um, the UK government's criminal injuries compensation scheme. That's a government mm. fund that pays out compensation for victims of crime. And sometimes um, survivors of are entitled to be compensated out of this fund. Now, in my opinion, the fund is far from generous, far from generous. Other people might disagree with that, but in my opinion, it is not generous. But sometimes, you know, the payments can be make all the difference and might enable a survivor, for example, to access the treatment that they could not necessarily afford themselves. So there mm. are quite a number of options um, for survivors that have to be looked into, discussed, and thought about, and the survivor then hopefully is in a position to decide what they want to do. At the end of the day, of course, they don't have to do anything. Um, no one yes. them do anything that they do not want to do. Of um, course. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's that's something else that is important to stress. Um, survivors, you know, they, they are, you know, in a position to to a certain extent, control their own destiny. No one, it's not for me to tell people what to do or not what to do, or anybody else comes to that. No yeah. One, no one should tell a survivor what to do or what not to do. They need, they deserve the courtesy of being informed of what their rights are, what their options are, so that they can make what's for them the right decision. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Um, okay. It seems that I our that, five minutes is I up. Too, I hope that's not too diplomatic and it makes... No, no. This one's much better. This one's much better. <laughs> this one's much better. Okay. So last one before we let you um, head off, right? If someone wants to get in touch with you, if someone's listening into this um, episode for the first time, how do they get in touch? Best thing to do is call me on my mobile number, which is Zero seven five two seven three two double nine seven zero, which is zero seven five two seven three two zero. Or they can email me, and my email address is alan a l a n dot collins c o double l i n s at hughjames.com. So that's alan dot collins at hughjames.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, and hopefully we'll chat again next week. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay, and. Um, <laughs> And um, have a good weekend, everybody. Look after each other and um, keep safe. And um, see you next week. See Take you next care, week. Thanks a lot. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Okay. So, see out, 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 see <laughs> right okay see now i've been so warm right because i have the heater on and i had my dressing gown on so now i've just taken it down i'm like you know what this heat is a bit too much i'm thinking i need to go and sneak to just turn up the heater for a bit but now that i've taken the dressing gown off it's all right you know see seriously i shouldn't really be saying this but i'm in my bedroom right and i've just got my hair net <laughs> on and my dressing gown on you know you look outside the window it's a miserable day in london so it's like yeah whatever i'm just gonna just wear my dressing gown but anywho okay right so we got the official thing from um a illegal point of view um now it was it scarlet yes 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised at myself. I've not got too much baby brain. I can't, how much longer do you think I can get away with using baby brain? <laughs> Till they're 18. <laughs> yeah, good, good one. I can use it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, now, if I remember, you're the one who works for the DSS. I am. I am. Okay, cool. So, you've heard all that um, Alan had to say. What do you think about that? How does it work in America? Well, in America, not too Um, Actually, Alan would come in after yeah. we have, you know, got the family together. Yeah. And a proven case of child abuse, of course. The local DSS would be involved, and then we would you know, turn it over to the CPS, which is the Child Protection Service. Mm. And once they go through the Child Protective Service, then there's a lot of things that take place. And like Alan said, there's counseling that's offered. There is, if the family wants to just manage it within the household, that's allowable too. Um, but they will have a social worker there working with them. And in any case, we verbally we're in the home with the with the child that we know that has an issue of child abuse, helping that not just the child, but helping that whole family deal with the issue. Because yes, it is the child that's being abused, but there's a reason why. So we we try to get through the whole issue of the whole family. Mm, mm, mm. So how do you prove it then? Well, that, that takes lots of times when you listen to the child, you have to hear what they're not saying. A child is mm. not going to come out and tell you that they've been abused. The family's not going to come out and tell you they've been abused. And then you have neighbors that see the abuse, but you can't go off of what the neighbors say because you're not there. So you talk to the child and the child will give you cue, um, clues, sorry, they'll give you clues to let you know that I'm in a household where I am absolutely not being taken care of. I am being abused. One of the clues that a child will give you as if, you know, the child will say, no, my mommy loves me. My family is wonderful, but in their eyes, they're saying something different. Mm. So once, once you get that child alone by themselves and, and what we do, CPS and DSS, <laughs> It's a wonderful program, mm. and especially if it's a child. Yeah. A, a child will draw out the abuse. Mm. He will let them know in pictures and their drawings that I am an abused child, but yet my mommy and my family loves me. So when you see dark pictures of mommy and daddy and the mommy is like, have tears running down her eyes and daddy's right there holding mommy's hand. We've had that picture before. And of course, Child Protective Services does a lot. Yeah. I come in, whereas when the family needs that counseling piece of it. Mm. So that's where I come in. Once Child Protective Services diagnose that child needs the help. Yeah. And then of course, attorneys like Alan, is brought in. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Well, so I'm just trying to process everything you've just said. I'm just, it's like all you're talking, all I can just see is just, you know, a nice big, you know, A4 size piece of cardboard 
newspaper and you know i'm seeing a, a, a stick figure of a mom crying and a dad holding their hand and it's like my brain just froze at that image there so it was just it was just taking me a moment to process it sorry it, it doesn't have to be a huge big piece of cardboard it can be, it can be like a eight by ten or a ten by eleven construction paper kids love to draw and they have the crayons and paper and all of that and their little minds especially if it's a small child i'd say you know toddler to elementary school even as far as to fifth grade yeah they like to express themselves on paper mm. and so that is the best way that we have found to find out where the child is and how they're being abused yeah so Okay. <laughs> I know it's for me, but I, you know, um, Renee is kind of like the same thing because she basically was a child that was abused. And in her family, how she dealt with it, oh, her mother was the one that was abused. And her being the child of an abused mom sets the light onto the children that come in to see us. So mm. if I can, since the, and I thought ladies are here all together, I like Renee when she's ready to chime right in and, and, and pull her pieces together with me. Yes, no, that would, that would be great. Sorry. Like, you know, cause thing is, it's such a, um, what we're talking about is, you know, talking about the crayons and stuff and I'm looking at my floor, I've got crayons all over and then someone thought that my, my, my glass window would be a nice place and my mirror would be a glass, you know, a lovely place to, you know, use to try and express her creativity and I wanted to wipe it up but then it's like, I just looked at it and I was like, you know what, just leave this, just leave because you wipe it up, it's only going to get done again and I'm just not going to be banging my head. I thought that time I would use in wiping the window and wiping the mirror I'll just use it to do something else uh, and so you know just talking about crayons my mind just sort of freezes because I'm looking at crayon all over my floor and I'm like yes when, you know what we'll have to pack all this up so it's like I'm just I'm just like trying to just put it all together put it all together um so so maybe if we had a child that was abused when we come to your house and we'll use your crayons <laughs> <laughs> That would be wonderful. <laughs> okay, Felicia, you know, seems because, yes. you know, we have to give Alan his 15 minutes, of, you know, his 15 minutes of fame, you know, he's the only guy amongst us, you know, so we have to give him his time. Um, and, you know, because again, you know, attorneys, lawyers, whatever you want to call them, you know, they, they're quite short on time anyway. So he was, you know, kind enough to come and do his own spill. I thought, yeah, let's give him his time. So it's like, yay, now you bring it on. So tell us, tell us, tell us. Um, Olivia, do you know what? I'm feeling really proud of myself today that I can actually remember all these things because normally <laughs> I have really dodgy memory. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just, I'm just feeling like I'm on the bus. Like I feel like I'm high on something, right? I don't think that. I just feel like I'm high on something because I'm remembering everything, right? So it was Olivia, right? Wasn't it, Felicia? Yes. So how did she get justice? Because I know that I remember. And anyway, I'm talking about her book. I haven't read this book, but just from having a conversation with Felicia last week, I feel like I know Olivia. She's weird. And Olivia. See, I. In Olivia's case, the police were involved. Ah. Olivia's the the her abuse finally ended for her because the guy was caught trying to rape her. 
Now she had she had been beaten and humiliated, you know, verbally uh, humiliated, but it was wasn't until he tried to rape her that the neighbors actually called the police. But they had mm. let everything else go because it, it was his wife that was beating her, but he was the one who tried to rape her. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. And these were her foster parents. Yes, yes. They, mm. they, she was placed and she was taken out of a very nice foster home and put into this foster home because her last foster parents, the uh, foster father had had a heart attack. Mm. Right. Mm. Well, okay. So what did the police do when they got involved? Oh, he went to jail. She went to jail, you know, and Olivia went to a foster care facility and that's where she aged out of the system. Right. But see, Olivia's problem, the gist of the book is she never got help. She never got counseling. She packed all this stuff away in a nice little spot in the back of her mind, thought she was okay and went on with her life. And now she's almost 40 years old and it's coming back. Mm. Mm. So I guess that's why it's important because, you know, I guess it's like a kettle that's, you know, reached boiling point. If you don't yes. let it out, yes. eventually it will burst out. Yes. And yes. And she's a very smart woman. She's a, a very good child advocate attorney, but she's, she's falling apart having to represent this little girl whose case mirrors her own so closely, she's having meltdown after meltdown and she's got to make some decisions. Hmm. See now, I love talking about your book, but I don't think I am, I don't think I am, I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't think I am ballsy enough to want to read it because I think I'll probably just end up in tears. <laughs> that's what everyone is telling me. Everyone that's read it is telling me that they cry, but there's also some very humorous parts in the book. I, it's, it's not one great big tear fest, okay? There, there's, there's some humor in there too. I tried to keep a balance because I didn't want it to be a depressing story. <laughs> Okay, well, please. I hope I hope there's there's lots lots of humor because just thinking about it, it would be it would make a nice film. I think. Um, I'm just trying to think who would be the who would be a good character for Olivia now. Um, who do you think, um, ladies? Who do you think would be a good character for Olivia? A hmm. small child. No, as Olivia. An, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an attorney. As an attorney, she's uh, currently 38 years old. Ah, 38. Hmm. I believe the lead of How to Get Away with Murder. Was it Violet? Is it oh, Viola? yes, Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Oh, she was yeah, hardcore. Yeah. She was hardcore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's she's good. She's good. But oh my God. You know what? The first time, the first time I saw her in the very first episode, right? I was like, damn, woman, you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just, like, that was all I could say. I was like, you're just, like, you're just, like, you know, when a person cannot explain something, you're just like, oh my God, you are amazing. <laughs> that was just what I thought, but then she is such a good actress, like, she can go through the different emotions, yes. like, at the very first episode, like, you look at her, and she just looks really, she gives Oliver Pope a runner for her money, right? <laughs> yes, she does. That's I, unanimous. See, she would be unanimous. We all vote unanimously for her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's, that's she would be really hardcore because it's like 
I think, right, and again, since Little Human came, I haven't been able to follow programs. I'm, I'm, I've lost track. I'm trying not to even think about all the programs I used to follow because I don't even know where I stopped. I don't even know where to start back from. Um, like, I just think she would be absolutely amazing um, as we, um, Olivia. But do please, please do continue telling us about your, your, your story. <laughs> Well, in order for Olivia to help Rena, who is her, her client, she has to face up to her trauma. And mm. she's also never been involved in a serious relationship with a man. And all of a sudden, there's a man who is part of Rena's extended uh, support network who won't allow her to push him away. He's, he, sees, mm. he, he sees her for who she is. And all of a sudden, she realizes... She wants this relationship, but she's, she's got to get help. It doesn't just go away. You can't just say, okay, I'm fine. She's got to admit it and get help. And she, she gets to that point in book one, but now book two, which is coming out next month, is how she's got it to reconcile with her mother. Because Olivia ended up in foster care because her father was in a car accident. He was killed in a car accident. And her mother went into complicated grief disorder. And she could not deal with, with losing her husband. And she self-committed into a mental health facility. So this is how Olivia ended up in, in foster care with no other living relatives. And Olivia resents her mother for not being there. So now she's she's dealing with the, the trauma so that she can have a relationship with this man, but she knows she still can't move forward until she has it out with her mother, who is alive and well and healthy, still living in this mental health facility. Wow. Wow. See, now, you see, now that you're saying that, you know, it just then brings up something that, you know, I've actually been thinking about. Um, and you might think that I am morbid, but it's not because I am morbid. It's just because you hear so much and you see so much about life that you think, you know what, right? Nobody knows what. You can be walking out your streets and you can just get knocked down. Or you might be living in your house and, you know, uh, a truck might just decide I'm just going to veer up the road and I'm just going to crash through and I'm just going to come and kill you in your bedroom. You know, anything can happen. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we humans, we try to think, we try not to think about death. You know, we like to think that, you know, it's not going to happen to us anytime soon. And, you know, we're going to live forever and ever and ever until we are 200. Part and parcel of life. You know, as we are born, we have to die. As we are born, we have to die. Um, and so, do you think that, you know, as parents, you know, we should be making more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Thinking more about what's going to happen when we're no more. Say, for instance, something happens um, at, like in an emergency and we're then not capable of looking after our loved ones, you know, especially our children. Do you think then that, you know, that would be one precaution that you, because for instance, you know, I've got one of, you know, my daughter, she's got two godmamas, but I think my god, I'm going to show them this episode. I just think my godmamas, you know, my daughter's godmamas, they're wicked. One of them decided she was going to relocate to Canada. And I said to her, how can you relocate to Canada and leave your goddaughter in the UK? Isn't that the most selfish thing ever, right? I mean, I know Canadians are lovely and they've got nice big houses and you don't have to live in a shoebox in the UK and whatnot. But seriously, why would not leave their goddaughter away and travels with her husband to another country? 
Mm. I mean, I don't know. I just think she's just my 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 daughter's godmother is just really really selfish. But anyway, I was just joking. <laughs> but yeah, so my, my daughter is you know she's got two godmothers and one goddaddy. Um, you know, and I said to them, you know, that if ever anything should happen to me, you know, expect you know, you guys should literally just swoop down and take this little child. You know, like and they've I said to them, if you do not do that. Just make sure that ghosts are not real and people do not really care because my ghost will come and it will torture you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the problem with that is you can't plan for every event. Because no. Olivia, Olivia had people in her life that cared about her that would have taken her, but that's not legal. They really? Can't they, they can't just take her because they want to. That's not legal. It, there was nothing in writing. Right. So this so, has to be done in writing. It has to be done legally. And there were people who wanted her. They agreed to become foster parents, but she was swooped in and said, no, there's not enough time for that. And she was lost in the system. Oh, dear. So basically, she was screwed over, for lack of a better word, by the system. Yeah. If, if it's not legal, the court's not going to do it. There has to be something in writing showing that's what the parents wanted. Right. So is it something, a case that if I, so for instance, if I scribble, you know, something on a piece of paper and give it to my friend and said, oh, in case of emergency, I would like you to be the sole guardian of my child and just leave it with my friend. Or is that something you need to do um, and get a lawyer involved? Yeah, you need a lawyer because they, they're going to want that notarized and witnessed and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just notarize it. Interesting. You know, okay. yeah. Here, Very important. Here in the UK, as long as it's notarized, I'm in the US. I'm sorry, I'm here with you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> Three whole days and I'm staying. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you know we've got good, what am I saying? Good, we've got fabulous cakes and desserts, oh right? God. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> So please do stay, you know, go, go back in. <laughs> Hello? I thought you were saying something. No, the line, the line cut off there. So I'm like, please do stay. Plus, France is only just down the road, you know. And you know what they say about Frenchmen, What's right? So you literally, sorry? No, we don't. <laughs> oh, my God, they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. My husband's in the yeah. other room. It was before I was married. I was. It was before I was married. <laughs> and that was Kay, everybody. That's another one of the end. I thought, ladies, that's co-authoring on the books. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi, Kay. Oh, my God. I've got a headache. I swear you guys are just incorrigible. <laughs> but as I was saying, in the United States, <laughs> yes, you, not the United Kingdom. <laughs> you don't have to have it, um, a legal process of adoption or anything like that. And if the person has any blood ties, married, um, okay. cousins, or whatever, we have a thing called the Kinship Care Network. Okay. As long as you are related by birth, marriage, or any of that, that person can actually take that person that's in distress right okay so just hold on there for a second felicia yes your book is in the united states yes 
Okay, now question, right? Because I know yeah, you yeah. you got your continent of your own and your different states have different laws. <laughs> the kingship right. network thing that um, scholars just said was that how come that was not applicable? There was no blood relatives. Okay. So, but I thought she said blood marriage or something else. What was the other one? Blood marriage. Scarlet? Blood marriage or someone that just wrote, um, you could be blood marriage or if there is a friend who agrees to yeah. have that person. And, and a lot of times their friends will not step up because of the complications involved. Oh, what sort of complications? Well, number one, where is what's the background of the person? Unfortunately, what is the background? If this person has gone through trauma, a lot of people, and these are people in foster care, um, people who want to have a child, but if there's trauma in there, then the child they look at as maybe a little too difficult to handle because they're going through this process. So maybe that's why, Olivia, what's her name, Olivia? Olivia, yeah. yes. Olivia, maybe that's why she fell through the cracks because people look at the background. Am I gonna be able to deal with the issues that this child is gonna have from mm. the abuse? So a lot of people back off. But the Kinship Care Network, it makes allowances for that person to have a person or an individual that is going through something where the parents are not there. Yeah. Um, nobody else will take them in the kinship care network. And like I said, blood, marriage, or just, you know, family ties. That that's basically it here in um I'm in okay. DC, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Yeah. Okay. So basically if I was there, for instance, and I give my friend, you know, or my daughter's godmother or, or goddad, and I give this and of that, okay, in case of emergency and I'm on, you know, I'm incapacitated or whatever, I would like you to be the sole care of my daughter. That would be legal, right? That that would that would suffice, wouldn't it? That, that would suffice in Maryland. Okay. Washington, okay. State, Virginia. Yeah. I've done that. I've I've actually um we deal in a lot of abuse. And so I've actually had a child that was, you know, we just had her write out. I want you all to be the guardians of this person until I can get it together. She was strung out on drugs and mm. not able, not able to take care of this person. And then there were some abuse issues because of her addiction. So we actually took the child and he was like, he was 13 and had gotten mm. kicked out of every school in the district. So we took him in. Yes. And, and they, they let us do that. Legally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that sounds that sounds that sounds good. Like it's a shame that Alan, you know, um, had to go because it would have been quite interesting to hear what he thinks. Um, you know, the equivalent would be in the in the UK. You know, if okay. if, a, if a piece of paper um, would suffice, or if you if you um, need to get it um, notarized. Because, like I said, you know, my my uh, my daughter's got parents. You know, they know that you know that if they don't if they don't step up, my ghost will haunt them. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I'm I'm just hardcore, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even asking you if you don't do it, you will get haunted by my See, I'm saying it doesn't have to be notarized. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, what were you gonna say, Felicia? That's what what's happening in the case that Olivia has. It's Rena 
who was also in a car accident. Her mother was killed and her father was severely injured. And there was only one blood relative, an uncle who lived across the country, and he was also sick. But oh Rena had godparents who had got her parents had known since college. And they were on her christening record from the church. So right. when they tried to put her into foster care, the judge stayed the order from DCS and gave temporary custody to the godparents because okay. he, did, he did not see the, the, the sense in not allowing her to go with people who were not related to her by blood to put her into a foster home with people who weren't related to her by blood. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was injured in the accident herself. She was traumatized. She had lost her mother. And these people had known her since birth. Right. He felt yeah. she should be in that environment. Yes. Yeah. So people that obviously genuinely love her unconditionally. Yes. 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 Right. And Olivia okay. gets involved in the case to make sure Rena never gets to foster care. Great. Perfect. No, that sounds, that sounds, you know, she sounds, seriously, she's just sounding, you know, she's sounding a lot like Olivia Pope. Maybe not, not to, not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got Viola Davis, but then she's also sounding like, you know, because I can just see how she was like, uh, you know, I can just imagine Olivia Pope's face and then she just goes, enough, yeah. enough, yeah. enough. Yeah. I, I like strong female characters and even though, Olivia has her, her PTSD with her own childhood. <laughs> wow. She yes. can stand up for this child and say, this is not going to happen. And she gave yeah. her all to keep this child out of foster care and to keep her with her godparents until her father was able to take care of her. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm hoping that anyone who's listening to this, you know, will know that, you know, if you've got children, um, just, you know, even if you're not going to go all out and get, you know, get, get a notary, um, involved just put a scrap piece of paper and go and threaten all your children's godparents and say look right if anything happens my ghost will <laughs> she has made it paranormal oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> my ghost will haunt you I will have a big machete and you know I can go through For a few dollars, they can pay a notary and avoid your ghost, okay? <laughs> yeah, and a better piece of paper than scraps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, seriously, it's, I, I think it's a really good point, though, because a lot of people don't think about these things. You know, we all assume that we're all going to... Um, they're all going to live long and, you know, nothing bad's going to happen. But they are idiot drivers out there, absolute mm -hmm. idiot drivers. Um, you know, something that I don't talk about, you know, a lot sort of what my podcast is because I try to put my personal life out from what I do sort of writing and stuff. And in a, in a previous life, you know, I was, I was a pharmacist. Oh. Right? Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> I think some people think, say, pharmacist and then you're talking about books and you're writing paranormal and you're writing all these stuff how what's the what's the connection so that's why i try not to put it all together but something that made me stay away from mental health um you know in my profession as, as a pharmacist was that something really uh, mind-boggling happened when i was doing my training 
Um, so I did a rotation in a mental health hospital. And there's this woman who would stay with me for the rest of my life. You know, you meet her and, you know, she talks to you normally. And then, you know, then when I was then someone was telling me about her story. Or I think she was the one. Someone told me, I don't know if it was a woman or someone else. They said that, you know, she was walking down the street and she was hit by a hit and run driver. Mm. And it affected her mentally. And so she then had to be institutionalized. So I can I can assume, right, that when she woke up that morning, when she was leaving her house, she probably had plans of what she was going to be spending the rest of her day doing. She had futures, mm-hmm. but all of that was cut short because of some idiot driver who didn't even have the decency to stop, Ooh. right? Yes, yes. Um, so most of the times, you know, we might have the best plans for the future. We might be thinking, but we know we are not in control of what other people do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it would be a, it would be a good plan for us to just take the few bucks, like you said, and use proper paper, not scrap paper, <laughs> and not treasure. <laughs> yes, and not threaten people by use of ghosts. Um, you know, <laughs> and you know, and then because again, good thing though is like you know, on your phones there is now something called um, like in groups that's so called like in case of emergency. So that's your eyes. Um, and yes. you can put contacts in there, um, you know, that's so, because, again, most people are always, you know, their their phones are leached onto their body and you can only, you can't even sew their, their if you, you have to cut off their hand for you before you can get off someone's phone out of them. So, you know, it, it's easier to get, you know, someone's in case of emergency contacts uh, from the phone. And, you know, if you use, you know, people who you've said to take responsibility for your child, mm-hmm. emergency, then that, that would be... Um, that would be that would be um great okay so um let me see so how to get justice so you basically need to just speak to that child so then i think a lot of time with what from what um alan was saying he was talking about it from a from an adult's point of view okay you know that it's the adult who's coming and you know he's saying listen but then what if what if right how do you get justice for a child whose parents are the cause of the abuse well, like Alan has said, justice is different things for different people. Yes. Mm. And while while the abuser definitely needs to go to the go through the legal system, sometimes that child needs the acknowledgement. The, yeah. the acknowledgement alone will set them on the course. It won't cure them, but it will set yeah. them on the course to knowing this person has has been identified as doing something wrong. I did nothing wrong. They have yes. to get over what was done for to them, but now they can stop with the self guilt and the self loathing, yes. and try yeah. to move forward. True, true. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of like when someone does something to upset you and the person apologizes? Yes, absolutely. And and you know a lot of times though abusers will go to their grave denying it. <laughs> they will mm. they will not admit it at all and and how can someone get justice for someone who insists they did nothing wrong yes. or, or or the opposite they blame the victim mm. yes. look at all look at all the cases where you have the woman's boyfriend who molested the, the, the teenage daughter or the young daughter and says she wanted it, she asked for it, she teased me, she tormented me. I know, right? That's just the most disgusting thing ever. How is that 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 child ever going to 
have a, a, a healthy mental outlook if she's being blamed for something she didn't do. Right. True again. Yes. And it's very hard for them to have a normal, not just a normal childhood, but even in adulthood, yeah. it, it really carries and the effects of it can be very, very traumatizing. Yes. And the fact that they they self-medicate. Yes. They they turn to alcohol and drugs. And yes. then, you know, they function as if nothing's wrong with me, but their uses, their destructive behavior says, Yes, I'm not healthy. I'm I'm not forgiving myself when it's really not it's not their issue, it is the abuser's issue. Yeah. And so mental health is definitely needed. And I don't know about what is it, New Jersey where you lived? Um um Felicia? Felicia? Tucson. Tucson. Tucson, Arizona. I don't know about Arizona, but where I am, there are hardly any reputable mental institutions where someone exactly. Exactly. can go and yeah, get the help that they really now there's lots of counselors, but yes. there's no institution that can dig that deep to find out what that deep, you know, like you said before, they put it aside, they put it on the back burner, they don't deal with it. Yeah. And that's one of the problems that I find is a big one. You know what I found out when I was doing the research for my book and I just started making phone calls as someone who needed assistance and I was given hundreds of, of phone numbers, but no one said, no one said, how can we help you? They didn't ask me if I wanted a counselor, a therapist, medication, a facility. They gave me numbers. Right. Mm, people like pushing the, the, the ball onto someone else. Exactly. Exactly. So when I see all these commercials now that says there's help available, I want to say where? With who? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Tell me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just crazy. And someone who is suffering doesn't have time to dial two dozen numbers. No, not at all. You know, I shared with, no. with Sigalola last week that I had also worked a couple of years on a suicide hotline. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people who called in have been sexually abused and could get no one to listen to them. Yes. True. So when you're giving someone this, you know, laundry list of phone numbers, you're really not helping. No, it takes more, more than that. Way more yeah. than that. I know it's like I'm just here and I'm just sort of rocking myself because you know it's like it's just it's just it's just you know what those where you're just speechless you don't even know what to say <laughs> you're just you're like Ugh. you know so well, I, put, I, <laughs> put yourself in the shoes of someone who was molested by their father for 10 years and now they're in their late 20s and they can't have a decent relationship with a man they can't function or, or, or function at their job and all of these things it's weighing down on them and no one can get connected enough to them to help them yes. you know to, to us it's mind-boggling you know we think you know well this person needs help but you need to do this and we've got to do that but in that person's shoes when they have tried to reach out and every time they reach out they were shut down yeah True. And they just continue to suffer. And I just think, as you know, we hear all these things about mental health with these school shootings and whatnot. It goes a lot further than just saying help is available. 
True. And and here in the states, as everyone knows, this is all driven by funding. Yes. The very first places to, to suffer with budget cuts are the ones that help the kids. It's the True. one that helps the mentally ill, the one that helps the senior citizens. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we need to do better for our people. True. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm just like, where you're just at some point and you're just like, wow, you feel deflated. You don't even know what to say anymore. You're like, wow. You're just like, wow. I, don't, I really don't know what to say now. Like, you know, my mind is just trying to process everything, but it's like, I don't just come through this well. <coughs> and it's, 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 a, it's shame. a It's a painful subject. It's, it's, it causes you pain because you want to do something and you don't know what to do. And if you're not a professional in the field, your hands are tied even more. So, yeah. so true, so, so true. Do you have a degree? Are yes. you licensed? Are yes. you qualified? Yes. A listening ear is a qualification, people. Yes. You yes. know, you can't hug people anymore. I mean, where's the humanistic side of... Thank you. Thank health? you. Yes. It's not yes. about just writing, making notes and giving someone a prescription and telling them to come back in two weeks. And... Ooh, 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 something fun, something fun, something fun. I read or I heard, and the thing is, I don't know how I hear or read all these random, random things, and I can never remember what it is that where I found it from. But apparently, right, there is this place, and again, it's just because I've got really, I've got, um, let's not say I've got dodgy memory, I've not got dodgy memory, I've got baby brain, right? And I can use that. Still, <laughs> my little girl is 21. <clears throat> So, seeing as I'm still very much early in the baby brain thing, right, I read or I heard or someone told me, whichever it is, that there is a farm or somewhere or something or someone, someone, somewhere, so I heard somewhere from somewhere, something happened that they're do hugging cows where they have this contraption that they use. They put it on the side of the cows and they put it close together to stimulate or to mimic that they are hugging the cows because it's supposed to make, just like we humans, we feel good from when we are hugged, then it makes the cows feel good that they're being hugged. And so then that feel good hormones then goes and helps them to produce more milk. What? <laughs> wow, that's interesting. What? <laughs> well said, cat. So, we, so we, can put, we can put that kind of time and technology and energy into cows. So we can have milk and we can't put invest that same kind of energy or technology into our children. Oh my God. Okay, right. So another joke, right? And I hope your president elect is not going to then send someone after me. But there is this joke, right? About America and Russia. <laughs> you're on the you're on the list now, lady. <laughs> so there's this joke about America and Russia, and it was back in the day when there was this whole mad rush to go to see, you know, who goes to the moon first, right, or wherever it was in outer space. And you know, once you leave the Earth's gravitational pull, there's zero gravity, and so everything, you know, floats. So Russia and America were then trying to decide, no, America was trying to be the first country to invent a pen that could work in zero gravity. And they spent millions and millions of dollars trying to come up with this pen. Do you know what the Russians did? <laughs> they got a lead pencil. 
Well, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, I'm just thinking that we have too much fun on this show, seriously. I think I have more fun than everybody else that comes in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Oh, shoot. You know what? I forgot and I didn't get the lot human. I didn't go and find out if she's done with her timer. She's probably falling asleep. Sorry, we didn't get you your fancy drinks. Hmm. We'll have to do that next time. Maybe next time. Yes, maybe next time. So, ladies, uh, let's start off with Felicia. If anyone wants to contact you for any reason, how do they get in touch? They can reach me at FeliciaDeniseWrites at gmail.com. And there's also a contact form on my website, FeliciaDenise.com. Mm -hmm. And I am on Twitter at Ms. Felicia. And I'm on Instagram at Felicia under, excuse me, at Flea, F-L-E underscore D. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. And you other, and I thought ladies? Well, all of you ladies can always be reached at ladies, L-A-D-I-E-S at andwethought.com. That would be A-N-D-W-E. O-U-P-H-T. You can always find the ladies also and what we're up to at www.andwethought.com. Perfect. Abuse program. That's scarletrblack.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. It's been absolutely fantastic having you guys on the show. And I thought, ladies, and so this is like your what, your fourth appearance on the show. Is this your third one? I've lost track now. Third. This is your third, right? I was, I was in show. I said, "Who?" Not a problem, not a problem. Um, so hopefully, we'll see you again sometime in the new year. Um, and I, I, I'm going to see Felicia Lodes now because she's just coming to talk about her book uh, till the end of the year. Yes. Yes, yes. But yes. it's been an absolute pleasure, ladies. Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and release the little human from timeout. <laughs> I feel like, Do, a, like a horrible mom. <laughs> don't forget to get a copy of my book while it is free. It is free until the 16th. Oh, and don't forget to get a copy mm. of our books as well. You can find them at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and our website, AndyThought.com. I'm sorry. Thank you for reminding us, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right, then. Take care. Bye, Bye. now. Bye -bye. Take care.